Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Dana Buckler Show. My name is Dana, and I am all by myself today. That's right. It's time to do another one of my, what I hope to be reoccurring episodes, the uh, the good old Q&A, questions and answers. So over the past couple of months, I've gotten quite a few questions uh, via email. You can always email the show, the Dana Buckler Show at gmail.com, or you can send me a message on Twitter at Dana Buckler Show. You can send me a message on Instagram at the Dana Buckler Show. So I thought it'd just be fun just to answer a few questions and you never know. You never know where these email questions are going to go. Sometimes they will be answered directly. Sometimes it's going to cause me to tell a story. So let's just kick things off. I've got a few to go over with today. So kicking off the first question of this episode's Q&A for February 2022. Dear Mr. Buckler, first let me say it's great to hear your voice again. Thank you. I appreciate that. I did take a little time off in December. It was a... Uh, Challenging and taxing time for all of us, uh, and I was no different. Goes on to say, and Jason is a welcome new addition to the already great cast of co-hosts you've had on the podcast over the years. Thank you. I'm super happy to have uh, to have had Jason on the show a couple times. Just to give you a little heads up, we've got a extended conversation on the all of the Batman movies leading up to an actual review of the new Batman movie that will come out in March. I'm really looking forward to that. The email goes on to say, my question is, any plans to do any more movie theater rant episodes or has the pandemic ended you going to the movie theater? Keep up the great work. Pat from Lincoln, Nebraska. Pat says, P.S. Please give the Marvel movies another chance. Okay, well, We'll put a pin on that one, Pat, when it comes to the Marvel movies. To answer your question, do I have any plans to do any more movie theater rant episodes? Well, you know, to be honest with you, I've been to the movies three or four times in the past six or seven weeks. And, you know, the situation is that where I live in town, the movie theater, the Regal Cinemas, where all those famous movie rant episodes took place, it has some new competition. There's a movie theater company here called Epic Theaters, and they just open up this beautiful theater, and it's like, you know, all the new movie theaters, it's got the, you know, the, the big cushion, big, the big lazy boy chairs and all that good stuff, and everybody goes there. So now I go to the Regal Cinema because nobody goes there. It's been kind of difficult. Like, I haven't really had anything go wrong at them except, you know... One situation, one little situation that happened, and I don't know if it's necessarily a ramp, but it did involve me having to, having to uh, speak to the manager. So for those out there listening, Regal Cinema has this thing called Screen X. Are you guys familiar with this? Screen X. I wasn't familiar with it. I just naturally assumed that, you know, IMAX is a trademarked brand and they license the name out to different theaters. So, you know, there'd be an AMC has an IMAX. There'll be a Regal Cinema, of course, has IMAX theater. So I thought perhaps Screen X was just like Regal's version of IMAX. Maybe they were phasing out the IMAX and bringing in the, uh, the Screen X. Well, I couldn't be more wrong. You see, I bought a ticket to Ghostbusters Afterlife. I went to a one o'clock showing on a Sunday. And again, I want to emphasize like, this used to be prime time for the movie theater, okay? This used to be, I would never have dreamed of going to a movie at one o'clock on a Sunday in this town. It would have just been madness, but there was nobody there. There was like three people, maybe three people in this auditorium that seats 268 people. But what really like stuck out to me when I, when I and this is a movie theater I've been going to for 20 years, and this is Auditorium 15. I'm familiar with this auditorium. And I went in there and I sat in the twosies, 
new listeners, twosies, when you walk into a big giant auditorium, they've got the main seating and then they've got rows of two seats on the left and right of the main seating. I sit, always sit in the twosies just to avoid sitting around people. But when I sat down, something just seemed off. Something felt really off about this particular, this day. Something was wrong. I look around and on the left and right walls, there was no speakers. In fact, there was no wallpaper. There was no color. It was painted white. It was the same color as the screen in front of me. And I didn't think too much of it, but I thought they must be, they have to be like, uh, what's the term? They're, they're rebuilding. They're uh, renovating. They're renovating the, the theater. So the trailers start, no problem. The movie starts. And all of a sudden, things like it's being projected, not just on the screen in front of me, but on a left and right screen. But there was 90 degree angles, like there were corners. This was not a curved screen like you've seen in IMAX. And the movie starts and I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. I had to literally turn left, turn right. Now, I don't know if like the screens on the left and right were just supposed to enhance, kind of like, you know, those new smart TVs that project a color in the background on your wall. But the problem was the main image on the main screen was bleeding onto the left and right side. It was the most distracting thing I've ever seen. And I had to get up. I had to get up. I, I had to go. And I walked out to the lobby and I said, can I speak to the manager? And the manager just kind of gave the, oh, not you again. And I walked over and I said, hi, listen, listen, I just bought a ticket for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Look, you know, I'm not one to complain. I said, but whatever the screen X thing is, it is super distracting. I know there's like a, a Ghostbusters, another showing coming up in just a few minutes. It's like, if I have to, I'll buy a ticket for it. But is there any way I can just like exchange the ticket? And he looked at me, he goes, no, you don't have to exchange anything. Just, just go ahead and have a seat in auditorium too. The movie's starting in a couple of minutes. Don't even worry about it. I said, really? He goes, yeah, we're getting like half the people that buy tickets for this screen X thing. And they're like, they're walking out. They're saying they can't do this. So Regal Cinema, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what the plan is. And maybe I'm in the minority. Maybe I don't know. Maybe some people like the Screen X thing. Didn't work for me. There's a Facebook group for uh, for this podcast, and uh, it's in this episode's show notes. If you go ahead and join the group, uh, scroll down a little bit. I actually captured like nine seconds of this Screen X. So just to give you some some perspective on what I'm talking about. It was it was super distracting. So, I mean, that's about the extent of my movie theater rants right now. Um, the only other movie theater rant you can hear on the Patreon feed, uh, if you go to patreon.com slash movie and you sign up at the $3 level, there's a new show that Bill Searcy and I are doing called The Twosies, which is the two of us just talking a lot of different stories. It's kind of loosely based around a movie. The first episode is loosely based around Tommy Boy. We just recorded our second episode, which is loosely based around the movie Roadhouse. That's coming out in a couple weeks. But I do tell another really interesting movie theater story on that one. So uh, again, Pat in Lincoln, Nebraska, thank you so much that was a great question let's go on to the next one all right this one says hi dana and company happy new year can you tell me what you are watching on streaming services doesn't have to just be movies thank you jillian k okay jillian well i am what am i watching right now on streaming services i just finished part one of season four of ozark and it has uh, lived up to the hype it is a phenomenal show and i will say this about season four I've been all in on this show since it debuted. I think it was like 2017, 2016. Whenever this show debuted, I've been all in. And if you've never seen Ozark, I'm not going to spoil it. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's Jason Bateman, Laura Linney, an amazing cast of characters. I'm not even going to tell you what it's about because I think you should go into the show completely cold. Don't even read the, the little plot synopsis for the first episode. Just watch it. About 20 minutes into that episode, 
things are going to take a turn and you're going to be like, oh, okay, this is what this is about. And it's awesome. My complaint with season two and season three, and this is a, a minor complaint. It's more of a gripe than anything. It's just that they had so many plot lines going on at A plot, B plot, D, E, F, like just so many subplots going on that it was kind of difficult to follow what was going on. At least it was for me. I'm happy to report that at least the first seven episodes of season four, which that's what's been released so far, I find everything to be a lot tighter and the narratives to be a lot more focused. So I'm definitely watching Ozark. I think that's a phenomenal show. What else am I watching? Well, as of recording this episode today, the Pam and Tommy series on Hulu, the limited series that's produced by Seth Rogen, just came out and I watched the first three episodes today. And uh, of course, I'm old enough to remember the 1990s when the Pam and Tommy Lee sex tape scandal unfolded. This show really tries to explain how and why that happened. And I got to tell you, it's an interesting show, but be warned, it's incredibly graphic. If gratuitous sex and nudity uh, offend you in any way, don't watch this show. But I really, really like it. I've been having a good time with it. Other than that, I really haven't been keeping up with too much because, you know, I've just been so busy with work and trying to get the podcast back on track. And of course, I'm watching a lot of sports. I'm a big football guy and, the, you know, the playoffs have been amazing. And I actually got an opportunity to go to what turned out to be Tom Brady's last football game. Little did I know. But uh, as a lifelong Patriots fan and a lifelong Tom Brady fan, the fact that I got to actually be at that game in person was pretty awesome. So Jillian, thank you so much. Let's go on to the next one. This one says, Dear Dana Buckler, thank you for the great podcast, and I just signed up for your Patreon page. Super excited that you were bringing How Is This Movie Back? Can't wait. What's he talking about there? Well, what he's talking about is long, long time listeners of this show know that the first five years of this podcast, it wasn't called The Dana Buckler Show. It was called How Is This Movie? And for the most part, it was deep dives into the history of how a movie came to be. I would do some interviews, but for the most part, that's what it was. Around 2018, I, I shifted the show from How Is This Movie to The Dana Buckler Show. Oh, still about movies. Always still about movies. That is the, the core of the show. But I wanted to just explore some other things. Well, for the past, I don't know, six months or so, I've really been like, I want to start doing history ofs again. And so I've been quietly, through help of a, a wonderful research assistant, been compiling notes and is uh, and i'm going to start doing how is this movie again it's going to be available to patreon supporters and uh, i can go ahead and just tell you what the first five episodes will be the plan is to release one or two a month i mean these things take a long time to put together and i just got all my research notes together so i can tell you that we're doing goodwill hunting wayne's world starship troopers scarface and roadhouse those are going to be the first five history of ones that we're going to be doing. And the first one that's going to come out is going to be Wayne's World. And that's going to come out in the third week of February. And that's going to be exclusive to the Patreon supporters. So I'm super excited to bring that back. And of course, Patreon supporters also get early access to every episode before it drops on the main feed. Uh, Joseph goes on to say, uh, after eight plus years, can you reflect on your favorite episodes that you have released? I can't, Joseph. You know, I read this question a couple weeks ago and I just revisited it as I'm recording right now and I can't. There's been so many that I love. I mean, obviously, you know, getting an opportunity to talk to John Travolta, Phil Joano, Leah Thompson, Peter Fascinelli, they, those those are awesome conversations. The Icon series that I've done with Jim Hemphill, the 20th Century Movie Club episodes I've done with Mike, 
you know, the the vampire series I've done with Ashley. Like, there's just so many stuff out there. I'm always partial to, you know, the movie theater rant episodes. But if somebody was to say, I've never listened to your show before, you've been doing it for eight years, you've got a, a few hundred episodes, where should I start off? I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking to you, longtime listeners. Give me some feedback. If you were a longtime listener of this show and you were going to introduce it to somebody, which episode would you tell them to start with? I'd be very curious. Very curious. Joseph, thank you so much for that question. Love it. All right, let's see. Moving on to the next one. Just a second here. This one says, Dana, I only have one question. Are you a hypocrite? <laughs> well, aren't we all sometimes? Uh, it goes on to say, you seem to bash Marvel movies a lot. You, you don't seem to have a problem with Batman or Superman. So which is it? Comic book movies or not? Sincerely, Someone who unsubscribed to your podcast. Well, someone, I don't know if you're going to be listening to this or not since you've unsubscribed to the podcast, but again, to circle back to what I originally said, I think we're all hypocrites in some way, but I'm not sure I understand the question so much. So you're, uh, you, you say that I bash Marvel movies and I just want to set the record straight because this has been an ongoing thing for years. I don't hate the Marvel movies. In fact, most of them I've seen are pretty fun. They're a pretty good time at the movies. They're fun. And if I was 15 years old when Iron Man came out, hell, if I was 10 years old when Iron Man came out and was part of that 10-year journey all the way to Endgame, I'd have lost my shit. I'd have been all in. You know, I had something like that. It was called Star Wars. So I don't hate the Marvel movies. Not at all. But I hate what has happened to cinema since the Marvel movies have come out. It's no longer okay to make $100 million on a movie that cost $40 million. Now a movie has to make a billion dollars. It's going to cost $300 million, but it's got to make a billion dollars. And because a movie has to make a billion dollars, there's a formula in place. And that formula states that in order for a movie to make a billion dollars, it has to be a recognizable IP, a recognizable intellectual property, i.e. a sequel, prequel, or remake, or based on a line of toys, a la the Transformers movies that started coming out in 2007, which I really do like that first Transformers movie. I just want to let the record show. I like the third one too. Hell, I kind of like all of them. They're all, they're all for what they are, you know, they're good. They're fun. But because the Marvel movies were so successful, every studio out there, and there's not many of them left, they keep getting bought out. They, you know, there's, there's all kinds of consolidation going on. But every studio out there decided it was, it was no longer viable to take a chance on an unknown property, to take a chance on an unknown story. See, I'm old enough to remember a time, say, back in the 90s, when every weekend you would get a new movie that was an original story. It was based on nothing other than a, a great spec script. Sure, you would get the occasional sequel, and that was a big deal, but they weren't planned. They weren't planned sequels. They weren't part of a planned franchise. If there's one knock against the Marvel movies, it's, you know, when one's over, it's like there's never a satisfactory ending because it's, well, until next time, it's almost like Saturday morning serials in the 1920s and 30s. We'll see you next week. That's kind of, yeah, uh, I don't want to go off in too many di different directions, but I think Disney has got it figured out by doing the Marvel stuff on Disney+. Plus. I think, you know, long-form episodic television much better ser serves the source, source material. But having said that, the fact of the matter is, look, I'm still getting original movies. I'm still getting original stories. 
they're just coming out on Netflix. They're coming out on Hulu. They're coming out on HBO Max. They're coming out on Prime. Hell, they're coming out on YouTube sometimes. But I'm not like in a big rush to go to the movies. And I used to love to go to the movies. I mean, you're talking to a guy that used to go to the movies for 15, 16 years straight. I'd see more than 150 movies a year in the movie theater. I'll be lucky to see eight this year. I mean, I'm going to see the Batman movie because, you know, like this gentleman just said in this email, I don't seem to have a problem with Batman or Superman. I don't think they've listened to the podcast as much. You know, I haven't been as kind to the Justice League or the Batman v Superman movies either. But I like what DC's doing. I like what DC's doing, and I'll, I'll openly admit it. This new Peacemaker show that's on HBO Max with John Cena, if you haven't watched it yet, it's fucking hilarious. I'm dying watching this show. Like, it's so great. I like what DC's doing, because if you think about comic books, you know, both DC and Marvel comic books... You know, I'm not an expert. In fact, I'm not even a casual reader. But from what I understand, there would be different iterations of the same character, even coming out around the same time. I love what DC's doing. DC's kind of got a fuck it attitude. We'll do a Joker movie. We're going to do a Batman movie. But we're going to do a Flash movie that's got a different Batman in it. Who cares? We're just going to try everything and have fun where Marvel's got a much more rigid formula. Um, if you skip a Marvel movie in the timeline... You know, there's going to be references to it you're not going to get. At least that's how it was for me. God, when I saw Infinity War, I'd only seen half the Marvel movies. I'm like, well, who is this guy? You know, that's my own fault. But just to circle all the way back to what someone who has unsubscribed to my podcast has just said, I don't hate the Marvel movies. I don't bash them. I just, I'm disappointed that that's what we're getting. Unless you're Quentin Tarantino, you know, or Christopher Nolan, you know, you're not getting an original project in the theaters. It's just not happening. And uh, that, that bothers me because I loved going to the movies. I loved it. I mean, think about it. The movies I've seen in the theater recently, Ghostbusters Afterlife, had to do a review for that for my Hollywood Unfiltered show that I do on Fun for Life Radio, part of the Dash Radio Network. I had to do a review of the Scream movie. Again, every time I go to the movies, it's because I have to do a review of the film. And every time I go to one of these movies, it's a sequel, prequel, remake. And that's fine. But just, you know, they don't take a chance anymore. And look, when they do kind of take a chance, look at DC, $60 million on an R-rated Joker movie directed by Todd Phillips. Not only does Joaquin Phoenix win an Academy Award for Best Actor, but that $60 million movie goes on to make a billion dollars. That's not a Batman movie at all. The money's there. You can make it. You know, anyway, I'm going to go on a rant. But so to the someone who unsubscribed to my podcast, I hope you're listening. I hope you understand, like, I don't have an issue with them. I just hate what it's created. So let's look at another question. All right. So here we go. Long question. Bear with me. Okay. Dana, long time listener going back to the houses movie days. Awesome. On more than a few episodes, you have mentioned your love for the police Academy movies. Well, having just watched the whole franchise, I don't get it at all. Am I missing something? I just kept watching them based on your recommendation and they, and they got worse with each movie. Would you please mind explaining this obsession? with those movies again i don't get it but hey i still love the podcast but this needs to be explained this is from jackson in alabama all right jackson here it comes the police academy movies came out in the 1980s i was a child in the 1980s i think the first one came out in 1984 and then they released a new one every year and they were fan well I was about to say they were family-friendly movies. Certainly the first Police Academy movie is not a family-friendly movie. That's definitely an R-rated comedy, and it's definitely a, uh, what's the word? 
it, it was a relic of its time. Um, a lot of the humor that is in that first Police Academy movie certainly does not translate well today. But that being said, it's still pretty funny. So when you get to parts two, three, four, five, and six, you know, they're all like PG, PG-13 rated movies. And they were family friendly. And it was something that my parents had no problem. Every time one of these movies would come out on home video, they would rent it. And my brother and my sister and I, we, we would watch them. And as kids, we had a blast with them. So when I say I'm an unabashed fan of the Police Academy movies, because I grew up with them. It's a super, super nostalgic thing for me. I think they were all on HBO Max. They might, in fact, still all be on HBO Max right now. And I kind of went back and started revisiting them. Then there's definitely diminishing returns when it comes to quality and comedic timing in the films. I will say this without, you know, I will say this without missing a beat. I think Police Academy 2 is, is hilarious. I think there are some laugh out loud moments in that. I think there's a couple in Police Academy 3. Once you get into 4, 5, 6, there's I mean there's a couple chuckles like a couple Haha, that's funny, but they're they're not they're not great. And I recognize that, but I love them and I'm allowed to. I'm allowed to. That was that was a period of my childhood that I just I miss, you know, I have very fond memories of it. However, I stand by what I'm saying. Police Academy 2 is Oh, I should say it's Police Academy 2, their first assignment, is a really, really funny movie. So, well, Jackson, I hope I explained that okay. All right, let's see. Uh, next one says, Hello, Dana. I just listened to your Movies We Grew Up With episode. I loved it. So cool and interesting to hear you and Vincent swap stories. Uh, if you haven't listened to that one yet, Movies We Grew Up With, uh, I had my friend Vincent Pranger, who is from the Netherlands. That's a great podcast called Inglorious Rankers, which I'm going to be a guest on very soon. The idea behind that episode was I grew up in Canada and he grew up in Holland and we're roughly the same age. I think he's about a year older than I am. So I was just very curious, like what were the childhood movies that he grew up with? And we just kind of put our own list together and we compare notes and more than one film made it on each of our lists. Like there was a couple of movies that were on our lists. For example, the email goes on to say that you both had a lot of love for RoboCop. What are your thoughts on the two sequels? Alan. Okay, Alan, uh, my thoughts on the two sequels. Well, I think the, I'll just, just to put a, a baseline there, the, uh, the first RoboCop, like I've talked about in numerous episodes, is an absolute masterpiece. I absolutely, I mean, it's phenomenal. It's a great movie. It's incredible. It is, <laughs> it's a satire. It is an action film. It has... A little bit of levity to it. It's a tight hour and 40 minutes long. It has compelling characters. Even the bad guys are are dripping with charisma. It has a satisfactory ending and it's just super cool. And it's a Paul Verhoeven film and Paul Verhoeven films rock. And I just love it. And Starship Troopers is going to be one of my How Is This Movie episodes that are going to be on Patreon in probably about a month or so. Uh, Robocop 2. Uh... Robo, let me just think, I'm thinking out loud here. Robocop 2 was directed by Irvin Kirshner. Uh, let me see, I'm thinking out loud here. Robocop 2 was directed by Irvin Kirshner. It came out in 1990. It was Irvin Kirshner's last film before, unfortunately, he passed away. Uh, for those who don't know, Irvin Kirshner was the director of Empire Strikes Back. I knew that going into watching Robocop 2 for the first time as a 12 or 13 year old. And my thoughts on Robocop 2 are it's interesting but it's not great and i'll tell you why it's not great no one has any charisma in that film 
None of the characters are interesting and it's very mean. And it's, I know that the first RoboCop was, it satirized the level of violence. It was over the top for the sake of being over the top. I think the violence in RoboCop 2, I think they missed the mark on the fact. I think it was just like, oh, we see, we saw how violent the first RoboCop is. We can do better. I, and I think they completely missed the mark. Uh, RoboCop 3, I think I saw, I think RoboCop 3 I saw in the theater. Oh, boy. It's bad. I mean, it's, first of all, it's rated PG-13. Like, what are we doing? Like, okay, I get it. You went over the top with RoboCop 2. And maybe there were some complaints about the level of violence, but you could, you could tone it back a little bit. But to make it PG-13, it's awful. It's awful. And I'm sorry. I know people worked on that movie. And, you know, if you like that movie, it's great. No problem. But boy, I did not have a good time with that movie. And I know there were like some made-for-TV RoboCop films. I've actually never seen them. If anybody's ever seen them, please drop me a line. Let me know if they're worth my time. Uh, all right, let's, let's do one more. Uh, this one says, Mr. Buckler. I'm keeping up in, oh, okay. Oh, I think he meant to say in keeping up with. Okay. So in keeping with the last Q&A episode, can you share your 60 second thoughts on the Alien franchise? Thank you for the great podcast. You are the man, Billy in New York, New York. Billy, thank you. You're the man too. I appreciate that. Um, Okay. So if you haven't listened to the last Q&A, there's a a bit of a tongue tongue in cheek there when they say... um, the 60 second thoughts on a film because I, I can't spend 60 seconds trying to talk about the entire alien franchise. All right, but I'm going to try to go fast. All right. So hitting the stopwatch and go 1979's alien is a damn near perfect movie. I think that film could be released today in theaters, make zero changes to it. And it will be just as effective. I mean, it's a horror movie. That's all it is. It's a slasher film, but in the best possible way, it's jaws in space. It has some of the best performances, some of the best practical effects, and Ridley Scott just really, really knows how to shoot a movie. In fact, I just watched House of Gucci this morning, and I know that movie gets so much hate. I loved it. I thought it was incredible. I was having a blast from start to finish. The Last Duel, another Ridley Scott film that just came out, awesome. Had a be- had the best time with it. Alien might be my favorite Ridley Scott film. It is tremendous. All right, then you're going to follow that up. With 1986's Aliens, directed by James Cameron, I mean, uh, <laughs> what do you say? Is it possible that a sequel can be better than the original? Well, if you're going to make that argument, this is the movie you want to use as the example. This is a movie that I watch at least once a year, and I think I watched it about two weeks ago. Incredible performances across the board. Again, amazing practical effects. This is a time before CGI, so they're using puppeteering and animatronics. And when you see the 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 main bad the main bad creature, I don't want to spoil. You've never seen the movie, but the the, the climactic finale is absolutely incredible, phenomenal film. Alien Three is extremely divisive. Alien Three was a movie that was famously it was directed by David Fincher, but taken away from him and completely recut by the studio. The theatrical version is a challenge to watch. I will say that if you can ever get your hands on the Alien 3 assembly cut, which is more in line with Fincher's vision of the film, uh, it's better. Um, but it has some, like the the CGI effects they use, CGI was still really in its infant stages. And there's some CGI shots of the xenomorphs and they look 
awful and it kind of takes you out of it a little bit but that being said if you can get your hands on the assembly cut i think it's well well worth it alien resurrection is a movie that i've watched once and i have no desire to ever watch again stop it they should have stopped it well first of all they should have stopped at aliens but they you know aliens was a massive success made a ton of money so they're going to make another one alien 3 was not a massive success and they probably just should have left it alone alien resurrection i've seen it once it's not a movie i ever care to revisit again i don't i don't don't like it at all uh alien versus predator is uh to quote patrick bromley from f this movie it's fine uh yeah that's it uh i mean oh wait jesus that's not it there's prometheus and alien covenant you see uh i love prometheus phenomenal film a lot of people don't like it and i really like alien covenant another phenomenal film that people don't like so we'll leave it at that so uh i think i know i went past 60 seconds there so all right so we're gonna wrap things up for this month's q a if you have a question you'd like me to answer on next month's q a episode go ahead and send me a question at the dana buckler show at gmail.com or you can you can message me on twitter at dana buckler show so until next time, just to give you a little heads up of what's coming out, I talked about the Patreon there. We've got episode two of the Tuesdays coming out next week. Uh, if you're on Patreon, you're also listening to my show, Hollywood Unfiltered, which is a weekly show that covers entertainment news. The How Is This Movie 2.0 kicks off the second week of February for Patreon supporters. For the podcast main feed, um, up next, Jason and I are going to have a, a lengthy discussion on the entire Batman saga, starting with... We'll comment on the Adam West Batmans, but we're going to kick it off with 89's Batman and just kind of go through all the films leading it up to Matt Reeves' The Batman, and that will be the follow-up episode after that. So, for everybody listening, my name is Dana Buckler. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, and I can't wait to chat with you again soon.